Welcome to Towards Leadership from Leadership Letters. I'm Lizzie Bentley-Bowers. This podcast is a place for leaders at every level. Leaders working towards their first leadership role, their fifth, their 20th. Leaders who are embedding into their dream role or preparing for the next. Wherever you are in leadership, this is a place of community, question, challenge, resource and support for leaders who are willing to go towards all that leadership asks of them. The resources we share are ones we believe will be useful to you at any stage and we hope you'll use them and adapt them in the ways that are most useful to you. Over on our sister podcast, Leadership Letters, guests share a letter they have written to a leader, sparking some leadership conversation and reflection based on what they have written and who they've written to. And I'm passionate about the fact that hearing those insights, that inspiration, the approaches, the experiences of our guests is an important and rich resource. And I'm equally passionate that in sharing those ideas, it's important to equip you, if you need it, with a sense of how to do those things, the ways to get there. So here on Towards Leadership is where we will chew over some of what we've heard in a bit more detail and where you'll find some more resources in our read, watch and listen to sections, as well as some tools and techniques and reflective exercises. This is the Towards Leadership podcast. In the most recent episode of Leadership Letters, Katie Friedman wrote to herself as the leader she was before her ADHD diagnosis aged 40 and the leader she is now. This was the start of a slow, tortoise-paced therapeutic voyage to understand me. As I mentioned over on there, this has a particular personal resonance for me, having myself been diagnosed with ADHD earlier this year. So we'll take a look today at some of the things that Katie has raised from a leadership perspective. But I'd like to begin with an experience I had whilst preparing for that episode. If you've listened to Leadership Letters before, you'll know that there's a format, a structure, albeit a loose one, so that we can move where the conversation takes us. But we have begun, so far, by talking about our early experiences of leadership at the beginning of the podcast and the impact that had on our guests as leaders. We've used that as a jumping off point for some leadership discussion. And then we've moved on to hearing the leadership letter that the guest has written, diving into more leadership conversation based on what they've written after that. I always say to my guests that they're welcome to share their letter with me in advance if there's anything they want to check in on or talk through. But my preference is to hear the letter in the moment. And so far across the episodes we've done, we've had a combination of both of those approaches. And you just heard me say it's a loose structure, one we hold lightly. It's interesting this month because when I was actually asked to hold it lightly, it turned out that I didn't hold it as lightly as I thought I did. In fact, what I did when I was asked to adapt by Katie was to tighten my grip on the structure. I caught myself doing it, thankfully, and I'm sharing it with you now as just one small illustration of those opportunities for adaptation and inclusion, that if we're growing our awareness, working on ourselves, noticing these things, we can give ourselves a chance of catching. So Katie chose to share her letter with me in advance, and in her message accompanying that letter, she mentioned that it would be a better starting point for her to go straight into the letter and talk about leadership from there, rather than all those things I've just talked you through that we tend to do first. Honestly, despite my intentions around inclusion, my immediate internal reaction was, no, that's not how the format of this podcast works. 
And my instinct was to reply to Katie and say that I really think it would be better if we stick with the way that we've done it so far. How ironic, in an episode focusing on awareness of neurodivergence and understanding and adapting to need, that my instinctive response was to hold tight to the way that I had always done things. I'm glad to say in this instance that I caught my thoughts and asked myself, who is this rigidity for this format for? It isn't serving my guest well, she has made her preference clear. It isn't serving me well, because I want to create a space in which my guests get the most they can from their experience, so that as a result, the listeners do. And extrapolating that, it doesn't serve my listeners well either. But those hooks into doing what we've always done, seeing the world how we see the world, maintaining the status quo, they are powerful. They're full of assumption, they draw us in, and they hold us tightly. We did do this episode differently, and I feel privileged to have been part of a space in which Katie shared that exceptional letter. I've learned from my conversation with myself in those moments before that episode. Knowing that I don't always do it, because none of us do, I caught myself missing an opportunity to adapt in order to create the conditions for someone to have their needs and requests met. Katie is brilliant in this episode and her letter is brilliant. And I do believe this episode was better because I caught that opportunity, because she made the request. We changed the way we do things a little, taught myself a great deal in the process. I am left with a wondering around what would have happened if that had been a request in conversation rather than an email. Would I have caught myself in time? So how do we slow our thinking down and access that curiosity, that more expansive thinking, the different perspectives? How can we work on ourselves to increase the chances that we catch the opportunities, catch ourselves about to miss them and choose something different? So much of this is about educating ourselves around difference, as many of our Leadership Letters guests have taught us. It's ongoing, important work of leadership to learn about how lived experiences and protected characteristics are impacting the lives, ability to thrive in the teams and organisations we lead. But what else, though, can we do? In the moment, slowing down our breathing, being aware of our physical responses as clues is useful. The more we pay attention to those clues, the more we understand them, the more likely we'll be to spot them in the moment when we need them. The signals to us that we might not be behaving in the way that we intend. An exercise that can be really useful over the longer term in developing our awareness of ourselves is an exercise I first came across during some facilitation training with Roger Schwartz around 13 years ago. I've continued to use it, continue to share it as a powerful exercise ever since. They called it the left-hand column case. It's both beautifully simple and eye-openingly complex. As a reflective exercise, you simply need a piece of paper and divide it in two. On the right side of the piece of paper, you write the script of what was being said by you and by others in the conversation that you're reflecting on. On the left side, you then note your thoughts and feelings, all of them, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth so that from there you can do some analysis. To what extent was what you said aligned with what you were thinking and feeling? 
And what is that telling you? Where were you in judgment rather than curiosity? Were your responses what you want them to be? Or was there some old stuff you were holding on to? And what is that revealing about work that you could do? What assumptions were in there? What was the role of compassion for yourself, for others? Where were the opportunities to understand others more? Where were the opportunities for you to be better understood through what you said and what you shared? There are so many questions and reflections you can dive into through this exercise. And by making it a regular reflective practice, you'll learn a lot about how you create the conditions for the conversations you and your colleagues need. So doing things slightly differently this month, I have an opportunity within this topic of ADHD to talk to you as leaders from a place of lived experience in the hope that those experiences might in some way be useful to you. I am not an ADHD expert, very much still learning. It's that lived experience piece that I'm, I have an opportunity to offer you today. So an observation I would offer you is on the response I've had to sharing with people this learning that I have had later in life that I have, I have ADHD. And the most common response to that has been something along the lines of, really? Not unkindly, but often surprised. And my sense is that that response relates to something we talked about over on that conversation with Katie, which is that for many people, there's a perception of what ADHD is that probably doesn't include a 48 year old woman. It doesn't take long with a bit of explanation for people to absolutely see and understand how it is for me. And sometimes no explanation is needed because much as it did for me when I say it, a penny drops, well, several pennies drop actually for the person that I'm speaking to. So I share this as the reminder that if somebody does share something about themselves with you, believe them. By all means, be respectfully curious, but do believe them. That starting point of believing makes a difference not only to the person that you're speaking to, but to that wider perception of you as a leader, as a safe place to have conversations that require vulnerability. And I'm aware that for me, there was vulnerability in sharing my diagnosis at all. There was a, a voice in my head saying, well, people are not going to think that you can coach and facilitate if you have ADHD. How on earth do you concentrate? And of course, there's so much more to it than that. But we are wrestling with these perceptions and people's perceptions of the perceptions. And so it goes on. Ironically, it's my ADHD that gives me an ability to focus extremely well on the things that I'm interested in, motivated by and feel a strong connection to. But I realise that if I don't talk about it as someone who gets that really response, there are two things that I'm not doing. One is I'm not doing what I ask my clients to do, what I ask you to do, which is to be honest and open. And the other thing that I'm not doing is giving myself the opportunity to fully grow alongside this now and learn alongside this. So I'm very happy to be part of a conversation that's around shifting perception and if any of you listening to this have questions, please go ahead and ask them. In the spirit then of doing things differently, I'm going to 
shift my usual to read, to watch and to listen to recommendations and start by recommending something that you don't listen to. I'm a big fan of Stephen Bartlett's podcast, Diary of a CEO. And there's a recent episode that I'm finding problematic in that it is titled The Truth About ADHD. It offers a truth. It offers some research. It offers some views, but it doesn't offer the truth. And there is much, in fact, that in my view that it misses. So rather than listen to that, what I'd love to point you towards is a LinkedIn post, actually. Kelly Morris's response to that episode was articulate and very useful, I think. And then the thread below it of comments is full of links to views, experiences, information that helps us to understand multiple truths, multiple perspectives. We're young in our learning about ADHD and avoid the dangers of suggesting that there is one truth. And then I'd love to share with you my to watch recommendation. So my experience of ADHD intersects, of course, with the other ways that I identify. And I recognize that there are intersections of race, socioeconomic background, privilege, gender, sexuality, that all impact the lived experience of ADHD and the access to diagnosis, understanding and support. So my to watch recommendation, as I ask you as leaders to be reflecting on your inclusion around neurodivergence, is to also be thinking in terms of intersectionality. There's a great TED talk by Abigail AJ titled, Yes, Black Women Have ADHD Too and Need Your Attention, that I'd highly recommend as a starting point for this thinking. Links to that talk and all the resources I've mentioned today are in the notes that accompany this podcast wherever you downloaded it. Please do follow us to hear more from Towards Leadership and indeed from Leadership Letters. And we'd love it if you'd share this with anyone you think might find it useful. This is Towards Leadership from Leadership Letters. Thank you for joining us. See you soon.